and one, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on episode 98, and it has been a while since episode 97, so long, in fact, that Blue forgot we weren't streaming and just started talking while I tried to count us in. Well, no, the talking bit was normal. It's the not hitting the start button that was the, the issue. And uh, last time, yeah, we last time we did a podcast, we were in America. Actually, did we do a podcast? I think we did a podcast after you guys got back. That was episode 97. Oh, did we do another one? after? Yes, because you said 97 in America. Yeah, I got the I got the number wrong in the US. I was off by one, but we're on 98 now. That I checked. We're right on that one. Also, I should put your face over there so I'm talking towards the microphone. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, a bit has, I mean, a lot of time has passed, so this might be a little slapshot all over the place as we talk through basically whatever topics are coming up. Um, first of all, I wanted to say something, and I swear, because I know we, we talked about this in episode 97 as well. I'm not going to get into a long rant about it, but uh, Twitter, has the, all that crazy stuff has still been going on. Um, right. And it's interesting. A, a few things. Uh, he... Uh, Elon Musk basically mass unbanned everyone that was banned. Like he did, like a general amnesty, um, instituted some new rules that basically you, Twitter's old rules are the new rules. As long as yeah. you're not doing anything illegal, it's okay, which is the way it should be. Um, so mm. much so that I, I still had a personal Twitter account, and I, I went back and found the login for it and went in, and. You know what? It's actually kind of entertaining again because it's just the things that actually start trending are not horrible, depressing things. They're actually goofy, funny memes. Actually, I'm looking at the trending things right now, and there is nothing particularly interesting whatsoever. All the way, hang on. I clicked on something, a trending thing called ketchup, and the first thing I saw was Donald Trump's face. <laughs> So one of the things I, I I had a bunch of stuff that I used to follow on there, and one of them was called dark stock images. So you know, like these companies that produce a lot of stock photography, so that like businesses yeah. will buy a stock photo, and it'll be like a generic image of a businessman pointing at a clipboard or something like that, or a guy dark wearing a hard photos. hat. Yeah, stock photos. Dark stock photos. That's the one. And so they basically are just like there's one where it's Santa on the roof, but he's shitting down the chimney. Um, there's, there's one where it's like a, a shot of a guy and a girl in the front seat of their car holding up a beer. Then the next shot is them taking a sip. And the third shot is her pushing the guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> like they're yeah, I'm looking at these things now and, oh, it's, it's pretty, pretty dark. And some of them are kind of a little gross, but they're funny. It's, yeah, they are. it's very much my kind of humor. Uh, anyway, so I don't want to go on too far about it, but. They've, yeah, it, it's, it seems to have been changed for the better. And um, it's always fun watching people whine, which is what all the people who didn't want it to be fun are doing. Mm. I also saw a funny video, which combined my interest of, I don't know, well, I j my hatred of activists with my... Um, Hatred of the French. Right. Um, it was in France, and people, some, some activists pulled that stupid thing where you sit in the road and bl just block traffic. Oh, yeah. Except, unlike when it happened here, like the police didn't do much to stop the protest. Well, they should have just dragged them out of the road. Mm. But what happened in France 
This is this clip of this big fat French dude who just gets out of his car and literally just bodily picks up this activist and tosses him onto the sidewalk, picks up another one and does the same thing. And he's letting the other cars through and he's shouting at them in French. And, um, Damn. I don't know. Uh, that was actually, I was working today and I think one of my colleagues in particular shares a lot of views with you. Mm. Which is worrying, I know. <laughs> um, and we were talking about that time when I was on the train and I messaged a, a group of people that I know that there were these uh, these, these oh. people being absolute jerks on the train. I, drinking I and being inappropriate and swearing loudly and stuff. While there were other people who didn't have seats who were quite elderly. Mm. And so I I put in the, the, the group chat, oh, this is these people being a-holes. That kind of thing. And I got in trouble for that, apparently. Um, Why? Because, because you should apparently just let the old people stay standing and... Let the young people keep drinking alcohol and swearing on public transport. I don't I, fucking know. I, the 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 drinking on public transport. I don't see a problem with that. The like the I don't have know, a problem with that. As long or as them being rowdy, being but sensible. But no, but that's that's what I was about to say. Is that like the drinking and being rowdy? Okay, they're young, whatever. But at least you gotta have some respect. Respect your elders. I I think that's something you should do, unless your elders but, being an asshole. But yeah, so my my work colleague is quite. He's they've got quite um, old fashioned views where if you like, you know, you hold a, a door open for someone and that kind of thing, which you don't do these days because it could offend someone. Oh, I I still do it anyway. Yeah, I mean, I do it anyway because it's just a nice thing to do. Yeah, not because of anyone's. I have anyway. to like it's it's reflexive for me. I've actually it's I've had it when I've had to think about it. Like, oh, is this person going to get offended? It's just become this awkward thing where I stand in front of the door with it kind of like half open, half closed, and I, it's almost like I'm pulling the door shut so I'm not holding it open for them. So I just, I just say, fuck it. No, just be courteous. Also, so when I was at, I was at an event recently. Mm. I'm waiting for my partner. And there were people, uh, I was standing quite close to, um, like next to a set of double doors. Yeah. And anyway, these couple of old people start waddling over to the door. So I obviously open it, wait for them to go through, close it, and then at the moment the door clicks closed again, and I'm still waiting in the same spot, person with crutches comes around the corner. And I'm like, oh god. I realise that I've just signed myself up to be the doorman until my partner gets back. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up opening and closing this bloody door about three or four times for people coming through. Um... It's funny you mentioned like yeah. people getting offended about this. It reminds me of a so I, I had a friend that was one of those types to get offended about stuff like that, mm. and this was back probably in my early twenties. We had, we had gone to somewhere um, anyway, and I did that. I held the door for her as we were. It was a concert that she got like free tickets to, and yeah. so I held the door for her um, going in there, and she was getting like a bit offended by it. It's like, oh, you don't have to hold the door for me because I'm a woman. I'm like, I'm holding the door for you because it's polite. If you don't like it, go back outside. I'll close it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just common courtesy. I... Anyway. Yeah, there is, um, 
It is a thing now that, you know, everyone these days is apparently a snowflake. I mean, there, there's, there's, I feel like we're in the worst of both worlds, because I think a snowflake, in the nicest possible way, would hold a door open for someone, because they don't want to offend anyone, or, like, so you're helping other people by doing it, yeah. at the same time. The same people who are being called snowflakes are being called snowflakes because they don't hold the door open. What I'm trying to say is, it's like people who say, oh, you're a white knight, as if that's a bad thing. I think we, we live in a very cynical age, and so, like, any any form of, like, real sincerity is looked at and kind of scoffed at. So the whole white knight thing, that that's a sign of that, because, like traditionally that would be the the right thing to do if you see somebody in trouble like particularly if a if a guy saw a woman in trouble you should help mm. her out um and i think that's just that's something that's wired into us as human beings um but that's a yeah. very sincere action to take and we i know i'm i'm sarcastic as hell because we we live in that kind of a cynical sarcastic time yeah, and and at the moment I do, i'm sure you're aware but the English type of football football World Cup is happening at the moment in Qatar. Mm. And before it started, there was this massive hoo-ha about the fact that, oh, it's taking place in Qatar where you can't be gay, you have far less rights as a woman, all these other kinds of things. But then the moment it started, people seem to have just forgotten that and were just, like, enjoying the football. It's like... Well, it's because there were once... <laughs> There were a few very loud people that needed to go like, oh, look at me, I have the right beliefs. And then once they'd gotten that out there, then they just decided. No, I think then it's, they just I think it's absolutely right. They, like, fuck, fuck. I mean, I, clearly you're on the opposite side of this, but... I'm not, though. Uh, so Fuck fuck going to Qatar. Fuck allowing it to happen in Qatar. Like, that's that's fucked up. This No, this is going... Bit, no, I'm, I'm not on the other side of this, but I, I take it... A, step further the, the problem with let me let me lay out this thought as best i can okay um yes their their culture over there to our sensibilities is oppressive and regressive it's it's something that like you know at least in most of the west it's like yeah just treat everyone equally fairly equal rights under the law mm. um over there it's still very culturally influenced by the religion in that region and so you don't have that same sort of sensibility um i personally think that the way that we go about things at least that that you know treat everyone fairly and equally regardless of you know race sex gender whatever um that's that's a superior worldview but going back to what you said earlier the people who are like oh they're worried if they do hold hold the door don't hold the door like, they're too weak-willed to make a commitment one way or the other. Whereas, yeah. I think it, it takes a certain amount of integrity to say, no, the way we think and do things is better. The way they do things is wrong, and fuck you, I'm not watching that soccer game. Um, but, again, they're too weak-willed, so they just go out and they go like, ooh, we think this is bad, and then they don't do anything more than that. Uh, but, because, like, when, when the whole war in Ukraine kicked off... Hmm. Uh, and then the fuck what's that thing called the European singing thing uh, uh, 
Eurovision. Eurovision. I don't know what... Was, hang on, let me just double check There's so many of those before I say them wrong. There are so many of those, uh, get a normal person up there to sing like a song and then you get ratings and I, I can't keep track of them all. Um, hang on. Wait. Yeah, okay. So Russia was not allowed in the Eurovision Song Contest hmm. because they started a war with Ukraine. Like... Yeah, so do you, that, that's a, do you, the line. Do you think, yeah, exactly. Do you think Putin gives a fuck? <laughs> I don't. Well, it's, it's. I don't think that many Russians are on board with what's happening. It's so Russia. It's like it. What it is in almost every like situation like this, where you've got a regime, you've got probably like ten or fifteen percent of the population that's hoorah, let's go with this. You got like ten or fifteen percent of the population who's like fuck this, this is horrible, we gotta get out of this, well, protest, and then you've got another 70% of the population that just doesn't give a fuck, or they're somewhere on that spectrum. Yeah. That's um, how, and they're just trying to get on with their lives. That's my read on the situation. Um, I've just kind of... Uh, political correctness has gone mad. This is, this is essentially what the segment has become. From the smallest it's been a while since we the raged. biggest things. It's been a while since we raged on uh, political correctness. This is so. what happens when Twitter gets brought up. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, and I mean, I don't think we even need to talk about because we've talked so many times about Twitch and YouTube's morals and things like that. Yeah. Um, but th I feel like they are incomparable to these bigger, wider world situations like... These well, massive events that go on every year, but they, no one talks about them because everyone like wants to have the football happen. There, there was, oh, there was something I was, um, so you know, big history buff. Mm. There, there's like, you see like cycles in history when you're talking about generations of people. So, and I can't remember the exact quote, and I can't remember who said this quote, and I'm so I'm going to paraphrase it and probably butcher it, but it was. Um, hard times breed strong men, breed good times, breed bad men who bring on hard times. Yeah. So it goes in that cycle where, like, so World War Two gets too comfortable, and then people yeah. do something shitty. Yeah. World World War Two was that was like really rough, and it it created some really tough, you know, people who yeah those people brought on the economic booms and you know like the huge societal changes that came about in the 50s and 60s mm. and then the 50s and 60s were such good times and there weren't really as many struggles there were struggles but they weren't comparable to the ones that came before and so you yeah. ended up with a lot more i would say people who maybe by no fault of their own were a bit weaker because they they weren't challenged by those big important things happening in the world and then For you get sure, to the but... 90s and it was even easier and there was even less struggle going on and that's where you get people like what's happening now who, when these big things that are happening, like the war that you're talking about, mm. that's going on, and no one has the force of will to actually do anything effective about it and take a strong stance. They're just they'll they'll whine about it online and they'll go like, "Oh, you can't come to our song contest," but they're not actually going to do anything about it. Yeah, um, and and I think people do. Uh, I mean. Gonna sound bad. In in a wartime situation, people have a very easy and real target to take their emotion and anger out on. 
Whereas these days, obviously, there's no real enemies in day-to-day life. So I yeah. can understand people getting shout- shouty and pissy and whatever. Um, I mean, hell, when everyone was stuck inside with COVID, everyone got quite pent-up energy. Mm. Um, and so you saw some people doing stupid things. Um, like, that that was probably the closest thing we've seen, at, at least in my lifetime, to... To, to a global event like a world war was was covid yeah um because everyone had to change the way of their ways of living yeah and some people disagreed with it other people didn't it's like yeah and i don't want to <laughs> i could get into my opinion on it but I, i'm pretty sure that might get us in trouble on youtube so i'm just okay. not going to say Fair anything enough. um but yeah granted it's it's nothing like a war it's what's well, it's not and yeah it just it... it it's not got the horrors of war but it has got like the death not not the same scale what... but the the eminent presence that someone around you could die got and, and what i was saying about that that kind of cycle that you'd see right mm-hmm. of like hardship and stuff when talk about world war Two, i mean before that things weren't exactly easy because you had the Great Depression and World War One before that, and even before that, um, you know, people were still in large parts of the world on sus- subsistence living. Like they they were farmers, or they had to be practical. They didn't have mass manufacturing. Now mm. things are significant easier for the average, significantly easier for the average person all over the world, um, whether people want to accept it or not. Uh, the quality of life everywhere on the globe is better than it's ever been. Um, and it's easier than it's ever been. And so I, I feel like when we get to the, the next stage in that cycle, the hard well, times are probably going to be harder than they've ever been. Not for the poor bastards that have got Taliban ruling over them at the moment, but even, I agree no, from no, those places. But, so I'm, even if you com- compare them to com- like their own history, they've right. s- a lot of them still have cell phones. A lot of them still have like running water and electricity and modern amenities. So... And comparing apples to apples, it's still an increase in quality of life. It's not mm. if you compare, say, the way that they're having it now versus... I mean, there are exceptions to it, too. Like, you've got... Well, I, I feel re- like it's kind of like living in Nazi Germany. You had all those immunities, but you were constantly living in fear of someone saying you were something that you weren't, or something saying, saying that you were. Oh, that's absolutely true. I mean, you could point to places like Iran, too. Um, Iran was actually back in the seventies was a fairly, um, modern country. And then when they got taken over by the, uh, what, what the hell Ayatollah, I think is, is his title. The, the religious leader that rules the country now, you know, it's, it's the same thing. They still have a lot of modern amenities. Um, but they're living under that same sort of oppressive regime where if they step outside that, that line, they're in a lot of trouble. So, like, there, there are exceptions, but I'm talking in broad averages. If you compare people in various regions of the world as they are now compared to as they were decades ago or at the turn of the century, it's significant mm. improvements. Um, I feel like we've been escalating and escalating and escalating this argument because we went from people being an asshole on a train to Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, isn't that how it always goes on the internet? <laughs> It's always, it's always that you can't beat Nazis. I mean, we started off talking about Twitter, like you said. There was that was inevitably yeah. where it was going to end up. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> have, you got, have you got any topics, guys? Um, I've been reading some books. Hey, oh, I've actually, mm. I have a topic that I think you'll really enjoy. Okay, let's hear it. I have been watching Cyberpunk's anime TV series. Oh, Edge Runners, fucking Edge love Runners. that show. Uh, and I told you about this already, actually. I think, but I don't think we've actually spoken the about podcast. it any length. Yeah. No. Um, so we are a very short ways into it. Well, actually, we're fairly far into it. But you say that it's not at all. We haven't got to any of the starting good points yet, or something like that. So, it the first two or three episodes are kind of like introducing the characters, introducing the world. It, they they hook you in hard um, early on, but then it ta- it takes a step back and you know introduces the characters in the world for a couple episodes. But it's a, around the halfway point in the series. Um, where I think it just I don't know just so where are you now? What episode do so, you know? Well, so, okay, so you gave you gave this series pretty rave reviews, right? I did, and I still would. I the first few episodes I found quite I couldn't put myself into the story. Mm. That is to say, I. I didn't think that the reactions that people had were very realistic. Um, there was definitely an... I mean... So, when you first see the, the, the power of one of those combat suits and how it just obliterates anything with ease. Um, and then... It's just like, why the, the fucking... Why have the military or the police... Not got better shit because at the moment you're losing like twenty guys to kill one civilian. Yeah. So this is the sort of thing that is explained by understanding like the lore of the cyberpunk universe. Um right. Like it, it's a, it's a, it's it's a dystopia. First of all, yeah. Second of all, um, it's a dystopia where like life is just cheap. Like people yeah. are, you know, there's there's millions and millions and millions of people, and they get just thrown into the meat grinder together because it's essentially a world that's ruled by these mega corporations that people back in the '80s kind of assumed. They saw these big corporations growing and growing. Um, they saw huge population booms like never before in history, and so the, a lot of the fiction of the time, which is when cyberpunk was originally envisioned, was about. Things growing out of control, human life becoming meaningless because there's just so many humans, and then corporations essentially not giving a shit and just impersonally. So the police, they're they're not really that important of an entity in that series. Like the corporations have their own militaries and they are very well equipped. They have very good equipment, but the police they're just publicly funded, so they they get jack all for their equipment. The, what the, the comparison that I made in my head when watching it was. This is like um, a mega city from Judge Dredd. Yeah, that's but there actually, are no judges. That's vi- that's actually a really good comparison because Judge Dredd is another dystopian like future that was imagined mm. a- around the same time as Cyberpunk. Mm. Um, so that's actually a really good comparison to make. Um, but obviously, in the first few episodes, one of the main draws into the series they're obviously using a lot of 
uh, lust-filled scenes, shall we say. Yeah, and they do that, again, this is very true to the world. Like, this is a world where basically it's with everything has gone pure hedonism. It's like, you know, drugs, junk food, sex, whatever. It's all to be had on the cheap everywhere. Yeah, and it's all very visible. But they went hard on that for the first few episodes, and then you basically didn't see it after that. Yeah. And, and I, I got a very jarring feel of the classic anime trope of. They went in super hard on episode one, maybe episode two, to draw people in with a shocking scene, and then they just went flat. It it does, like I said, that that's kind of what I meant earlier when I said the first episode, they get you with a hook, and even into the second episode, and then as you get into the episodes immediately after that, they take a step back and they focus on character development. Um... And actually, like, introducing and really fleshing out some of the other characters. Hmm. Uh, well, the main female, you're meant to be, like, oh, she's really cool and hot and really, like, emo, which people love these days. Um, she, she was alright up till the fact when she straight up betrayed him and I was like, I just didn't give a fuck about her anymore. Because she has no morals. And I know you could say that, you know, it's a dystopian world. So No, no, no. no. I was going to say that. And I was going to say that's exactly the reaction you're supposed to have. The reaction you had right there. That's yeah, I, I'm convinced that's what they wanted to happen in the story because they've they've they put her up in your mind. Then they knocked her down. And then in terms of how much you care about her, then the story is going to work with that no because then then they're like oh but the main character has a, a love interest in her and they build that up and up and up and then they have sex and then she really cares about him when he's in trouble and i just don't give a fuck because she's already a piece of scum to me okay i guess yeah it doesn't affect everyone i i quite like that story storyline between yeah. them th- th- there's hardly any actual well because scenes so... with the two of them Oh, you're still. Are you still in the first half of the series? Uh, I am on. I think I'm halfway through the series. Okay, then you. It gets. They they play a little bit more of a central role in the latter half of the. So there's. I, I, I feel put, more of a connection to the main leader of the gang. Gone. There, there. Are, I, I would say there are three like major climactic moments in the series. One that yeah. happens in the very beginning one that happens in the middle, and one that happens right at the end. And all of them, I felt, were, were played very effectively. And it, they, the series does follow a bit of a curve, where it, it starts off really at, on like an intense note, then tapers off a little bit, and then boom, gets intense again, and then tapers off a little bit, and then boom, gets intense again. And I think that that was... I, mean, I think that was a, a very effective way to structure the story, so... Um, but yeah, I'll so be curious say, to see. Now this is this is a good snapshot into your your mindset midway through the series. I'm curious what you'll think near the end. Yeah, I'm hoping for just something a bit more unique from it. Um, and I don't think it's it's not it's definitely not a bland anime. There are so many. It, they're not all. In, actually, I would say that. Never mind. I was going to say they're not in school, but they are in school, which is just every anime ever. <laughs> um, we had to, you know anime. They had to be in a what was he? He was in an academy. It's probably the most common anime trope out there. 
everyone either starts off or is permanently in for the entire anime some kind of school. Yeah. Um, That's true. I mean, you see that with a lot of Japanese media in general. Like, it's all, it's very youth-focused. Like, it's, it's you know, um, people who are, who are young or relatively young going out on adventures and having ambitions. It's rare that you get um, stories about, like, older or middle-aged people. Uh, but I anime. love some of those. There's one about um, Japanese spies from World War Two. And they're training, and then they go off, and they're in different countries, pretending to be people they're not, so they could feed information back. And each episode's about a different spy in a different country, and that was fantastic. Well, and it wasn't all children; it was full well, grown I didn't people. Say, I didn't say children. Um, I no, said, but you know what I mean. I do, but and I, I agree with you. There are, but, what am I trying to say? Cowboy Bebop. They're all adults in that series. That's a, also a great anime. There's it a is. really good like, it's it's a very chill, very um, just like, I, I can't. There's not. I, I'm trying to think of a word for it. Anime is called Mushishi. Right. It's about this traveling herbalist, this older guy who just wanders around and interacts with nature and goes on adventures, wandering through mm. the kind of mildly enchanted hills and mountains of a fantasy Japan. There are really good animes out there that aren't focused. You're right, though. That is a very common trope over there. But yeah. as long as you're not watching only anime. yeah. And then sometimes when, when I'm like, oh, I know an anime that's not. and Like Death Note, for example. You're like, oh, hell yeah, that's not in, in, in a school. And you're like, actually. It starts off there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a senior in high school and he's in college prep. Yeah, just like halfway through the anime before he before he leaves it. Hmm. Um, no, it's just a, a a trope I'm tired of, and it's in animes where it's not necessary, like Bleach. It's not necessary for them to all be at high school. Like the episodes that have the high school in it suck. And <laughs> that's actually true. Bleach Bleach is in best arc in my opinion having only seen up to a certain point is still when they're in the uh the death city well soul society i mean yeah technically that's also a kind of academy but i don't consider that that's yeah. more like that's more like a dojo yeah, yeah yeah that's that's more like if if that's set in a school then dragon ball z is set in a school <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? There was there was one Dragon Ball Z. Exactly. That That's what I'm saying. You keep going. You're like, oh no, there was this great anime. That... Oh, hang on, wait, no, that was yeah. Yeah, there was there was the Gohan goes to high school arc. Yeah, uh, um, One Piece. That's not in a set in a school. I don't think there's been like thousands of episodes. Yeah, they probably went to school one. at some point. <laughs> they probably found a school on on a boat somewhere. Oh, uh, boat school. No, there's no schools. Um, would it be the, the Sailor Academy? <laughs> I'm gonna be a fish when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you're somewhat enjoying yes, it. Yes, so I am far. watching it. I am watching um, it. Um, I, I really want to, because based on what you've said so far, you're you're coming close to the the midpoint, interesting bit, and I want to see right. what you think when you get to the end of the series. Okay. But yeah, I I really like the the gang leader. Um, he is a cool guy. Yeah, even he, the even the little girl is pretty cool. 
Yeah, she she annoyed the fuck out of me at first, but she grew on me throughout the yeah. series. She, yeah, she she's good. Um, but no, I don't like the girl that's permanently the cyborg girl that's permanently naked, or the main character girl who's an emo and sleeps with the main character, and that's their only traits. Um, giant fist dude is awesome. He's. <laughs> Super aggressive at first, and then kind of friendly. But it makes sense because he's all business. Yeah, and like, he's the, he's the leader. He's got to be the tough guy. Yeah, um, tough love. Uh, yeah, so I, I I'm definitely gonna watch it till the end. I'm struggling to remember that guy's name. I think his name is Maine. Oh, I don't remember any characters' names. Right I'm, now. I'm gonna see if I can remember a few of them. So main characters guy is um, his last name Jazzy is Mar- Jeff. His name is Martinez. Um, but I can't... David Martinez. Martinez! Um, his, uh, the, the female lead, I can't remember her name. Um, little, uh, tiny chick is named Rebecca. Maine Hmm. is the, the big dude, the big tough guy with all the cyberware. Um, and I don't remember the other people's names. I think one of them might be called... Oh, actually, I'm pretty... I, I do like What do you think about Finger Man? I'm uh, not a massive fan of him. Super buff chick, though. She's awesome. I She didn't leave an impression on me at all. She... Uh, she comes across as someone... When you initially see them, who you look at them and think, oh, God, they're going to be strongly opinionated and all about, you know, how women are yeah, better she, than men. But she was actually a really cool character. They did, they did resist a lot of modern tropes in this and actually just wrote good characters. Yeah. I um, saw her and thought, oh, it's Zarya. <laughs> <laughs> she does have that look. Yeah, but not she with the does. pink hair. That's fine. But actually, you know, I thinking about it, you're you're right though. She does ha- she has more of like a stoic demeanor throughout the whole mm. series. Which I appreciate. She she's sensible and she does still have emotion and you see that at some points where she wants to do something on one side of her brain because it's the right thing to do, and the other side of the brain because it's you know, she doesn't want her friends to get hurt or something. They they did um, do a very good job in that series of making all of the characters they they all have distinct personality traits, but they're not one note, right? Mm, like they, they have Yeah, they're multifaceted. Exactly. They, they 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 all fulfill a different role in the group and they all fulfill a different role in the story. So their personalities are different, but they have layers to them and they actually have they act like people. They act like humans. They're not just like, I am this one thing, and that's my well, entire personality. Except for hacker chick and main character chick, in my opinion. It They develop. Maybe she changes. They, they develop. By the end of the series, okay. they, they develop. But I agree. At the, at the very beginning, that's how they come across. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, hacker chick grows on me quite a bit by the end of the Grew on me quite a bit by the end of the series. So we'll see what you think. I see. Um, yeah, sorry, I totally, I offered you a topic, and I wrenched it away from you. <laughs> you were saying something about reading, I think. Yeah, I was talking about, I was talking about books. I, I've had, I've built up quite a backlog of books, um, both you audiobooks. You Red Rising again? I, I did finish Red Rising again. Yep. The original trilogy. I have yep. the books after that, but I haven't started reading them yet. You haven't brought yourself to... No, we'll, we'll wait. But I did finish a book that it was a book trilogy that was recommended uh, by a friend of mine. Yeah. Called the the shattered the, the trilogy is called 
uh, the Shattered Earth trilogy. Okay. Um, and it it takes place. I, I think I can't remember the author's name. It's it's like N K something. Uh, so they just have initials and then their last name. You know, Monkey Kong. <laughs> no, it's it's like it's. It might start with a. I don't know. Anyway, the the series is pretty good. Um, it's it's in set in some kind of like a fictional fantasy, you know, setting. Yeah. Where the world is like lives in these tiny little communities, and there are constant like devastating natural disasters, mostly uh, earthquakes. Like tri- tribe tribe civilizations. Not kind of tribe. Well, not really, because there are cities and there are larger things, but everyone has like a trade to make sure because there are these natural disasters always happening everyone has like a name so their name might be like something strong back and then the name of their community so they're tied to that community their trade is physical labor um usually like they're uh training combat or they're trained in like masonry or something like that they have that title and Mm -hmm. then they have their first name or there might be somebody who's like you know part of the leadership cast so there's something leader whatever community so it's like the the the, there's a strong title system there is but it's it's all cooperative it's not like a hierarchy at least in most of the communities it's communist they're they're well no it's not well in a sense it i would say it leans more towards like a socialist fbi open up i'd say it leans more towards like a socialist kind of feel to it because And but not out of some kind of an ideological reason because it's mm. absolutely necessary. But there's still like commerce. It's not like pure communism because there's still people trading and buying at markets. There's still people exchanging goods between communities. Anyway, um, so there's there are a few cities that they're also. It's not like a magical power per se, but there's a few individuals that are born with the ability to essentially cause or dampen or intensify these natural disasters by manipulating you know an right. earthquake say um so it's it's that's where it gets the fantasy element to it there i feel is, like those would be the first people to be executed you're right they're horribly discriminated against in most places and there's actually it, it basically if somebody finds out their kid is one of these things they'll beat them to death or drown them or put them out to you know die but the main civil they still need them to keep the everyone from dying from earthquakes and volcanoes and stuff so a few of them are found by people specially trained to keep them in check and brought back to like an academy <laughs> it's it, not anime so it's all right <laughs> there isn't a huge focus on that uh in the later books but essentially they're trained to control their powers and to con- control yeah. natural disasters and things and um essentially keep the world put together the the series does it has a very odd writing style i won't go into too many details because i don't want to turn this into a book review but Mm. the book is in the second person so so first person you're saying i right yeah third person you're talking about someone else so you're using their first name. So if I was writing a yeah. story, it'd be like, Blue is off to the market, right? Yeah. This is in thir- second person. So it's like, you were doing this. You didn't realize In a different that. time. Okay, yeah. Like and diary so, entries. And so it's it's either, it's more like somebody else is telling somebody their own story. Is okay. how it's written. 
And I, you don't really get a good grasp as to why that is. And so kind of like George turned suddenly and saw... That's third person. They just telling someone else their own story. It's second person is where you, you say turned and you, saw... yeah, you That's did this. Your it, it's very weird. I've this is the first book I've ever seen written like that. Um, and it 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 makes sense by the end of the book why it's written that way. It's actually planned out. Um, that to me, that kind of, that way of writing is. The way that I think that people write fan fiction. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Where it's like someone trying to have like a sexy scene and they're putting the person into the scene by saying it's you as opposed to the yeah, character. It the the writing style did kind of annoy me for, but I got used to it by the end of the first book, and mm. by about halfway through the second book, um, I was really invested in the world and just couldn't stop and ended up finishing all three. Nice. And that, that is one thing this author does very, very well is doing like world building in a very subtle well, subtle way. They mm. like spoon feed you little bits of information while they're telling the story. And so you never really are just given a bunch of exposition. You're kind of fed it throughout the story and you figure out bits on your own. And I was able to, they drop enough hints throughout the story that by the halfway through the third book, I was able to predict the ending just based on right. the hints they had been giving. It ended up being a very good book. Um, but definitely like a unique fantasy genre and a very unique world that they put together um, mm. for the series. Yeah, are there any book series that you want to go back to? Because I know I've been. A, a book series, uh, an author that I used to love, actually. There's actually multiple series of his that I want to reread. Re and I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, was Darren Shatton. Um, and he did kind of horror horror books. Hmm. Um, one of the series, and I'm not talking about the mainstream one, because the mainstream one that everyone knows is the, uh, the vampire series, and I, I'm not a massive fan of vampires. They don't freak me out. They're a bit too silly for this day and age. Yeah. Um, but he had two other series. One was called The Demonata, which is all about well demons being on another plane and there being an equal number of planes for the humans and for the demons and sometimes they cross over and blah, blah, blah. And there were some really fucked up stories in those books. And also the other one was uh, a three-book series about a city that was basically ruled by a dictator and there was strange magics that the city would perform. Mm. Uh, and it was a really fucked up city. Um, so that was super interesting, even though it was only set in a single location. Um, so yeah, I, I, I've just been thinking about how I really want to go back and read them, but at the same time, I'm like, but if I read them again now, as an adult many years after I originally read them, and they turn out to be not as good as my memory thinks they were, am I ruining my own memory kind I, of thing? I have the exact same feeling about it. So when I was younger, um, mm. the Animorph book series was big. Yeah. Um, which, do, do you know the about it, roughly? I know of it. I've not seen it. Yeah, so it's something like 
50 to 60 books, but they're, they're right. small books. Like the, they're usually only around a hundred pages or maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, so I, I actually went back and tried to read a couple of them probably like four or five years back. And I was able to just sitting in an afternoon at my parents' place, I read the first two books. Cause again, it's, it's made for like probably 10 to 13 year old kind of readers, maybe a little younger, maybe a little older, depending on the reading level. Yeah. But it's the same sort of thing. Like I loved that series. So the, the concept behind it, five like middle school kids, right? They're they're cutting through a construction site on their way home. Right. And um and they they find a crashed alien spaceship. Like right. or they see what? Sorry. I was just saying the, the, the my thought process while you were saying all that. First thing was like, oh great, another <laughs> another school, school thing. Yeah. <laughs> And then the second thing, when you said go through a construction site, it took me back to that Australian advert on the beach. Which? The one where it was about, don't skip school kids. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean. I know yeah, what We mean, can't yeah. talk about it, but go on. <laughs> um, anyway, so they, they cut through the construction <laughs> site, encounter an alien that's been shot down, um, and he's heavily injured. Mm. He gives them a piece of technology in desperation, because... He kind of informs them quickly um, that their planet's already in the process of being invaded. There are these okay. things that basically can get inside your brain and control you without you actually being like with you seeming com- right. completely normal. Um, and they're his like parasite—they're like a paras. Well, uh, parasite—is that a the anime? Oh, okay. I don't know it. Um, okay. But essentially, they, his species is at war with them, you know, across mm. the the galaxy, and um, they're tr- especially trying to stop this invasion because most other populations aren't as big as the human population, and if they get this many hosts, they could essentially just overwhelm them with numbers. Right. Uh, yeah. And so he gives them the ability. The, the whole concept of the series is the technology gives them is the ability to, you know, transform into any animal that they've encountered before. Okay. And there's, there's the, the, there was a lot of really good setup in this, this book series because they put limitations on all sides to make it so that, what do you mean? Well, you're making faces at me. How does turning into an animal stop you from catching a parasite? Uh, it doesn't. But the, the parasite is like this slug that essentially can get inside of your crawls in through the it's it's it crawls in the ear canal and it's like oh oh magical the turns into an animal I'll take an M sixteen things there's there's more there's much more to it than that but that's the basic okay. setup is okay. there are these parasites they can mm. only live in the host for three days before they need to get inside their natural habitat which is just it's like this nutrient pool. That they have to go and swim around in to feed. How do they get to the pool? What is? How do they make the pool? They it's it. They have to construct it. Basically, dig it, fill it with you know stuff that resembles their native environment, and add Not like nutrients pylons. to it. Yeah. So <laughs> there, I'm I'm describing the lore very okay. haphazard. A lot of this is kind of fed to you throughout the different books, mm. but essentially it follows these kids fighting a guerrilla war against these aliens that have secretly started to take over the human race and them trying to 
you know, make sure they don't have like they don't get access to like key figures, like high ranking political figures to make sure that if they can, they can say do damage to the, the pool that they have to go back to to feed. Yeah, um, there's, there's a lot of these kind of stories where it's aliens attacking Earth, and honestly, a lot of them are very... I mean, look at War of the Worlds. I went fucking crazy for that for about two months. You uh, did. You made me uh, watch the musical. XCOM. Fuck, no, I didn't. Well, listen to the musical while we watched the movie. Or, no, audiobook. No. Did the audiobook. No, you, but you did, you did, like, during I the podcast... To... During the podcast, you made us pause the podcast and listen to songs from the musical and then resume right. the podcast. It's because I'd been to see the live musical mm. by that point. Anyway, um, and obviously, uh, like I was talking about XCOM earlier, I, I've been seeing that game again recently and I'm like, oh god, I want to play it again so bad. Mm. Um, but I, I really like the story in XCOM because, you know, in the first re recent XCOM game... You're fighting the aliens, they've just arrived from Mars, because they always come from Mars. <laughs> uh, and then the second game, where you're like, well, we killed all the aliens in number one. No, you didn't, and they've taken over the Earth now, and now you're taking it back from the aliens. It's like, fuck, yeah, that's such a... It's such a basic, played story, but good God, it... It, it can be it, entertaining. It's so good. It can be enter a, a basic story is just fine if it's executed properly. Yeah. Like, if you can execute, like, you, you don't need, like, a crazy, over-the-top, like, deep storyline if you just have good characters <laughs> and... <laughs> bless you. Um, yeah, th anyway, th so the that's that's another book series that I'd love to go back and really reread because I still mm. remember bits of it. It was, a you know, one of the first big book series I was really into as a kid. Um, and yeah, just, and there was a whole bunch of like spinoff books, like yeah. that they made giving like some of the, the background and history of some of the other alien races that show up throughout the book. Um, yeah, I think that the first big, big inverted comments, comment, quote, what, what the fuck bird quotes, quotes. um, book that i ever read was the hobbit mm. um i mean that really stuck in my mind go on. i never read the hobbit until much later like in um, my adult life well then many years after that the hobbit film came out and i remember being massively disappointed i don't think i've even i don't think even because it was three parts wasn't it the hobbit yeah and that was a mistake they basically did that because they were like well we need a trilogy but the hobbit itself the book was like 300 pages whereas the actual lord of the rings there was like four books yeah and so the, the they made a mistake trying to stretch the hobbit out into a trilogy because there yeah, wasn't enough mean, content the book essentially ended with the first film like they were at the mountain they were in the mountain the dragon was there yeah and then they that, just that... made up two extra films yeah um uh, and so i never ended up watching I know I've seen the first one all the way through. I think I've seen part of the second one, and I've not seen any of the third one. Yeah, I think that's right in line with what I've done as well. I know I've seen the first one. I've seen the first one a couple times, because I do quite enjoy that movie. 
it's a nice like it's not a like a movie where I'll sit down and just watch it. It's a movie that I'll put it on in the background while I'm doing something else, while yeah. I'm cooking or while I'm. I doing think it's fair to put down as a guilty pleasure as long as you're not like a mega Lord of the Rings fan, because then I, it's just insulting. <laughs> I wouldn't say even say it was a guilty pleasure. I'd say it was just like it's just it's good. It's not great. It's not like an epic. It's not bad. It's just it's good. You put it on, you'll enjoy your watch through of it, and then yeah. you know. When it's over, you kind of forget about it. I don't know. I, I think I kind of missed the old days of when an evil villain was really evil. Like, mm. I remember absolutely despising Grimer Wormtongue. Do you know you know who that is? Not a clue. Okay, Grimer Wormtongue was the uh, the the the, the right hand man of the King of Ro- Rohan. Yeah. Oh, I know he. Yeah, I know him from the movies. And yes, and he was like this slippery, gross character who just dripped with evil. And th- they didn't try and make him like, oh, but he's only doing it for his family kind of thing. No, he you was an what? evil man who worked for Sauron. And uh, sometimes you want that kind of, uh, oh, but the bad guy's doing it for a good reason. Sometimes you want that. But sometimes you just want a real fucking villain. You uh, know what? As despite my me. my profession to or pro, pro, not profession, but pro, what's there's a word when you profess something. Uh, is profession the right word? It sounds like no, it's, it's saying not. this is my job. No. Anyway, what I'm trying to say, despite the fact that I've said on multiple occasions that I really do like it, like a story that is morally gray. I like a villain with some depth to him. Um, mm. There is something just really refreshing about having just that standard, this guy's a bastard and he's a bastard because he wants to be. He's like, he's not, yeah. he's not doing this for his family. He's doing this just because he likes to step on squirrels. Like, it's just, he's just yeah. a douche. Like, like, I mean, hell, Sauron, you, no one can name a single good thing about Sauron. I mean, um, hell, even in comedy, it's like fucking Spaceballs. <laughs> like, Dark that Helmet. Villain, yeah, he's just an asshole. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. Some of the lines from that, because all I can think when I think of Dark Helmet is the uh, at the very end of the movie when they're having the, uh, the lightsaber fight, and he's just like, mm. I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. And then right before they, yeah. oh, that was that's such a good movie. Spaceballs was a really good movie. Um, but yeah, no, it said you have this kind of, you know, the the in the Hobbit, there's the leaders of the different armies who are just being greedy over the gold, and so you're just like these are meant to be the good guys, and I don't want to support them. Hell, I have I have more. Faith in the fucking dragon at this point. Well, <laughs> actually, the fucking greedy bastards. I, I feel like I I, I want to bring this up because this is something I've been noticing in a lot of like, um, especially more modern movies. Mm. Is I find myself really liking the villain in a lot of cases more than the protagonists. Mm. And I'm trying to think of an example of something something recently that I can point to for this. Um, uh, oh. But, um... Ah oh, fuck the uh, the He Man remake. Oh yeah, Skeletor. Skeletor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, the classic version of him—he's a perfect example of just a pure villain. He's just yeah. like, hey, fuck you, I'm evil. 
So you can say, fuck you, Spider-Man. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I do think the other thing, uh, before I forget about this, is a lot of, there seems to be a lot of movies coming out in the last few years that has almost like a fetishized obsession with making the villain more relatable. Like think mm. of the, the Cruella movie. It's like, oh, remember this lady who was pure yeah. evil and wanted to, like, kill Dalmatians for their coats and blew smoke in the main character's face? Yeah, yeah. but turns out she has a tragic backstory where because her mother got killed by a boss. dog. Is that what happened? Yeah, sure. The I reason she hates Dalmatians is because her mother got killed by a Dalmatian who pushed her Damn, off a balcony. That's, that's like a fucking joke on the internet. <laughs> like... It, oh, why do you hate? Why do you hate printers? So a printer killed my whole family. Exactly. They turned the joke and made it into her Cruella's actual backstory. Why do, oh why do you want to make fur coats? A fur coat killed my mother. Oh my god! To be fair, if they started coming out with like a film where stick bugging people is like the ultimate evil, or or just Rick rolling, just. Rickroll is the final villain. Oh my god. Uh. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think of the, I, I had a perfect example on the tip of my tongue and now I can't think of it. There was a, a, a movie day. or a TV show that came out recently where I just found myself just constantly rooting for the villain. And Any of the um, recent oh fuck uh, Girlfriend of the Joker. Oh Harley Quinn? Harley Quinn films. Any of them, because Frank, because the main character is meant to be Harley Quinn, and she just isn't. It's it's not in the good. first in the first one of those, the first Suicide Squad movie that they did. Um, mm. I, I quite liked Will Smith's character in that. But again, it was the same thing. He's you a can't villain. Talk about Will Smith anymore without me picturing him going oh, up into whatever scene he's in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just the genie just waddling up. Bam. <laughs> Oh god! Oh, really actually, speaking of oh, God, speaking of movies, they're making an Indiana Jones five. Did you hear about this? I've not seen any of the Indiana Jones films. Uh, I much after the fact, I didn't watch them like when I was a kid. Um, but I want to say either I want to say in college, I mm. watched the first three, and mm. they are quite good. Um, I have no doubt of that, but I just but, my family but the thing never is, been interested in it. They made a fourth one like 10, 20, 30 years later, with Shia LaBeouf as Indiana Jones' uh, kid. Yeah, I know, I remember seeing and, scenes from it. And now they're doing a fifth one, like... Is, is Harrison Shia Ford... still in it? No, I think they, 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 they nixed like, him. But, fuck. But, but Harrison Ford, like, he's... The guy's on the verge Pension of retirement. It. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he can still act, because he was, he was a great actor. But he's, um... I don't know. It's I, like I, it's like he's not really from back in the day who get on stage these days, and everyone's like, "Oh, oh my god, is this person from fifty years ago?" And they start singing, and everyone's like, "Yeah." I, I kind of think that might be an indictment of singers now that singers from like fifty to seventy years ago are still drawing audiences because <laughs> there hasn't been like a new version of them. If you think about it, there hasn't been like a new. Because, uh, like, the the whole, like, I mean, I, I don't know much about it, but, like, the revolution with, like, you know, rock becoming a, a huge thing and 
giant oh, music labels and rock stars. But no, no, but... Oh, uh, rock, sorry. <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, the, you had these huge music labels and all that stuff, yeah. and there really hasn't... That was the first time it happened, and you really don't get that anymore. And mm. so, I don't know, I wonder like, if that's maybe why people are constantly going back to those. Ozzy Osbourne, for example, he's an, he's an old dude now. He did amazing music back in the day, and but I doubt he can still scream his fucking head off like he did in the old videos. It's true. Um, I, I don't know. It just feels a bit like they're 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 setting people up for a failure when some people get up on the stage these days because they're so past, unfortunately, past their prime. Because that's the way that acting is and singing is. You're not. You you need a good, healthy body, young body, to mm. be the top of the game. It depends on what kind of singing you're talking about. Because I think that like if certain kinds of singing, like the kind of like maybe slower melodical stuff, or maybe like blues or jazz or something like that, I think an old True. person who's really cared for their voice can probably do a good job. I think yeah, blues for sure is is one type of, of, of music that certainly does lend itself to that kind of rocking chair and an old guitar. Um, I just thought of a, another movie that I watched since our last podcast. Go on. So, do you know the, do you know the movie Mr. Deeds? It, no. It's a fairly modern one. It was made by it was starring um, Adam Sandler. And I remember seeing it when I was younger and... You know, I'm like, okay, that was, that was pretty funny. Standard Adam Sandler movie. I only found out recently, though, that it actually was based on a classic movie from the 30s called, right. like, Mr. Teeds Comes to Town or something like that. Same basic plot line, but I ended up finding on YouTube, they have the full video. Like, because mm. the movie's out of copyright now, so you can just watch it. Um, and it's all in black and white, first of all. Yeah. But it's actually quite a good movie. Like and it's it's still got funny moments to it, but it's not like the over the top kind of Adam Sandler comedy. Um, and it's just how do I put this? Like it has it follows the same basic plot line of the the movie where guy from the countryside, you know, who's fairly well off for living out there, finds out that there he had like a rich uncle who died in an accident and left him twenty million dollars. Which again, yeah. this is during the Great Depression, so that's a fuckload of money. Mm-hmm. And he he's just like perfectly content with his like country life. So when they tell him, it's like, "Oh, you got this inheritance," he's like, and he doesn't react. And like, did you hear me? And he's like, "Oh, I heard you." So are you guys gonna stay for dinner tonight? <laughs> and um, and then it's it's him going to the big city in New York, and everyone is like kind of underhanded and trying to get money from him, or trying to manipulate him, yeah. or trying to do this, and he's. At first, they take him for like this country bumpkin, but he's he's much more clever. Mm. They 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 mistake his earnestness for stupidity because he's not trying to get a leg over on anybody, no. and um, so he sees through all the the machinations and stuff. And it's actually quite a good movie. I, I really mm. enjoyed watching it, um, and it's from like almost a hundred years ago now. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, hell, so I think some Disneys are probably coming close to that now. That's true, yeah, some of the earlier ones. I think, wasn't Snow White, I think Snow White was like one of the first ones. I've never seen Snow White. I think the earliest one I've seen is Pocahontas. 
I I is was that, is that earlier than Notre Dame. I think it is. No, ooh, I don't know. I don't know now. These these are all the movies that I I watched. It was a big big Disney movie household when I was a kid. That was mostly what I watched growing up. I know my mom's favorite one was uh, Beauty and the Beast. Hmm. Oh, apparently they're on 99 years of storytelling. No, oh. that's not right. In 1937, Walt Disney Animation Studios released its first fully animated feature film. And that was? Was it Snow White? Snow White, yeah. Yeah, got it right. So yeah, they're... they're yeah, they're 90-something years now. It's... What is it? 85 years? So Snow White... Pinocchio, Fantasia, and then Dumbo. Okay, Dumbo's the first one that I might have seen. I didn't see Fantasia until much later, um, but I did I see Dumbo. I did see Pinocchio. I haven't seen Bambi. I saw Bambi. There's a lot of random ones that I don't recognize after that. Uh, then Cinderella. I probably saw that when I was young. I saw Cinderella. Yeah, haven't seen Alice in Wonderland, although everyone knows the story for it. Yeah, I've I mean, seen everyone that knows one. the story for all of them, but yeah, uh, Peter Pan, seen that one for sure. Saw that one as well. So Man. far, the only one I haven't seen is Fantasia. I guess Pocahontas was way more recent than I thought. Where the fuck is? It? Wow, it was after Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid. That surprises me. Um. God, there's a lot of these I haven't seen. Jungle Book. Sword in the Stone was a great one. Yeah, I forgot. I Underrated, I think. I didn't even realize that was... I love that. You're right. I've only seen that one a couple times, but I have seen Sword in the Stone. I love the owl. Archimedes? Archimedes, yep. This little pet owl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway... We got right. to a happy point in the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're just yeah, exactly. We've we finally we've made our way from Twitter to just happiness and wholesomeness, talking about Disney movies and what was it, Mr. Yeah. Deeds comes to town. I, I just received a message saying Atlantis Disney. Atlantis, what? that's a pretty good movie. What, when when I'm not seeing that. Atlantis came out in either in the late nineties or the early two thousands, but that was a really good one too. Uh, did it? Yeah. I've never heard of Atlantis. It's good. I've actually rewatched that one within the last the year. Empire. Yeah, it's it's quite a good one. Oh, that was the 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 steampunk one. Yeah. Uh, okay, I think I had a game on the PC like when I was very young from it, and I got out of a cereal box. You know how you used to get CDs and cereal boxes. Yep, I do. Um. But I have never seen it, and I remember it annoying the shit out of me that game. Because <laughs> it was one of these. It wasn't just a seed. It wasn't just a game in a cereal box. It was there were three CDs, and they weren't normal CDs. They were those like tiny CDs. You know what I mean? Yes, I know exactly what you mean. Yep. Yeah, they, and it was like, GameCube size CDs. Times. Yeah, exactly. But they ran on the PC. Um, yeah, for. <laughs> God, no, we're getting to the point where people might not know this, but yeah, when the CD tray pops out, there's a little indent in the middle of it. That's for those tinier CDs. Mm. Back in my days, I was putting VHSs into my PC. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, just VHS tapes. Oh, man. Yeah. Dude, it, quickly before we end off, one of the yeah. very first like machinima-style videos that I did using like video game footage... Mm. 
I did it using a VCR. Like I had a VCR hooked up to a PlayStation and an Xbox. Mm. And the reason I had it hooked up that way was there was a game that you had got for the Xbox where you could record like vocals. Right. And so I had that hooked up so I could talk and on the VHS tape record the footage from the PlayStation. And I was, well, PlayStation 2, I should say. I should clarify. And right. so I was able to make like a short little, it's it's long gone now because it's on a hard drive oh. that, that died ages ago. I do have some of the, the earliest Machinima stuff that I ever made on DVDs back there. Mm. Um, ah, back in the day, but yeah, first, yeah. very first ones using the fucking My dad VHS. Used to have, have to um, you get magazines with basically lines of code in it, and you'd have to input them to to like basically make the game on your system. That's that's actually kind of cool. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, that's a good place to end it off. That was that was a fun one. I mean, we, hmm. it didn't start in a fun place, but it certainly ended in one. <laughs> Actually, I take that back. I had a lot of fun in the first part of this. Lots of little rants. Rants always fun. All right, this is going to be the end of episode ninety-eight of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again next time for episode ninety-nine. Blue, blue, blue.